0: Bopping, I don't know why I'm bopping, but welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 159, and uh, yeah, we're here, um, and we're uh, we're lively. We're ready to go, and uh, we're 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 fist pumping the air. Why? I don't know, um, but I'm feeling good as of right now. So we're gonna go with it, and we're just gonna have a good episode, and yeah, we're gonna have a good time. Hopefully, right. Um, I'm doing this before the guest actually comes on, so I can't predict, but, um, from what I gather from her, she seems like a sweet person and we're going to have a good time. So, uh, it's late at night. We're going to just jump into this and let's, uh, and let's have a real good conversation and hopefully help somebody out there. Okay, guys. See ya in a second. okay guys we are back again um a little later for me i usually don't do these this late but um special guest and um, i'm happy we're doing it um and i met her again she's another pod matcher i don't remember i think no i reached out to her and i read some of her story and she's been through some things and she's doing some real positive stuff with her life currently and i'm very happy for her um and uh, yeah, just wanted to have. A, I wanted to talk. So you want to introduce yourself and like, tell us your name, a little about yourself.
1: Sure. Uh, my name is uh, Shobha and I live in California. And uh, I am a three-time cancer survivor and a kidney transplant recipient. I have had my kidney for twenty-five years now, and still going strong. But in between, uh, in the past eighteen years, I got cancer three times. So that is. Where my health hurdles happened. And uh, my, I originally come from India. I, I moved to the US around uh, 23 years back. So my kidney transplant actually happened in India when I was uh, quite young. And uh, other than this, uh, in my other life, I do, my professional life, I am director of manufacturing in a firm and I have been in the semiconductor industry for quite a while, and I'm an electrical engineer.
0: Wow, good for you. Um, now, what what was the reason for the move from India to here? Oh, well, that's simple. Um,
1: my boyfriend uh, worked here at that time. He had already moved from India. He was working here, and I we got married, and I moved to Bay Area.
0: Oh, okay. Awesome. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. at least you had a, a real reason. I thought maybe it was for, for your health reasons, but... Um...
1: No, at that time... Uh, okay. At that time, when I moved to India, I was thinking, okay, we might be in the US for maybe ten years, and I wanted to go back. So the reason I'm here uh, till now and became even a US citizen is for health reasons. I can say that.
0: Okay, so yeah, it wasn't because
1: been... once I got the cancer the first time, and, uh, and I got uh, I got to see how it was healthcare was in US. It's not like it's bad in India. It's just. Um, over time, I felt comfortable here, and I thought, okay, maybe I should be here, and which actually helped. You know, I got two more cancers after that, and the last one was a, a very aggressive one, and for which I think uh, I uh, the early detection and the way things moved on it helped being in the U.S. for that.
0: Sure. Yeah. So it wasn't your initial thought to stay here, but because comfort, mm-hmm. comfort zone, doctors, and whatever mm-hmm. else, it just it worked out where you actually had to stay Mm -hmm. so i mean maybe you're just you end up being in the right place at the right time and somebody was looking out for you
1: Uh, yeah
0: i hope so i'm happy i'm happy you're still around obviously it's you know me too (laughs) happy
1: to be alive
0: (laughs) absolutely um Mm -hmm. obviously before you ever came across of actually having cancer what did you have any kind of preconceived notions and, you know, what you heard about cancer? Like, did you have did you have okay. much, any, much knowledge okay, yeah. of it?
1: Okay, yeah. So maybe I can uh, recount my story
0: here. Sure. Um, so when I was in India,
1: you know, somewhere at the age of, when I was like 22 years old, I was diagnosed with kidney fi- failure. And uh, my mom donated one of her kidneys to me. And so at the age of 23, I got a kidney transplant. And, um... I moved uh, after a couple of years after that. In 98 is when I got my transplant. I moved to the U.S. after that. Okay. So when you get a kidney transplant, you are on immune suppression medication. So I have been taking, I'm on steroids, and I've been taking uh, suppressing immune suppressing medication till now in every single day for 25 years because that's the only way you can ensure that your kidney doesn't get rejected by your body. Right, right. Uh, so when they give the immune suppression they do say you're prone for cancer, it's possible. But it's so ha- so but still it was never in my mind anywhere. You know, at the age of thirties you feel you're invincible, nothing can come and nothing can do anything to you at in twenties.
2: Right. For sure.
1: Especially so I never thought about cancer at all. And so one day, uh, I it was like seven years after my transplant and um I had a symptom I saw blood and when I went to my doctor luckily I had I had a very good doctor a nephrologist uh, a kidney doctor who could help me with it and so he immediately did a lot of CT scans and stuff and then uh, we did a scope as well and then they said oh looks like uh, there's a tumor and it was in one of my Old kidneys. Basically, when they do a transplant, they leave your original two kidneys behind, and they put one transplanted kidney. So I had three kidneys at that time, right? Two of my own and my mom's kidney. My my kidneys were not working, so the first cancer came in that kidney, ureter. It just came out of the blue, and um, so I had a massive surgery for that. I of course the I still remember the day. When I learned about the diagnosis, I was in the doctor's office, and my name, my last name is Rob, It ends with Raw. So I was in the doctor's office. The pathologist's name was also Raw. So okay. I uh, I was visiting my doctor, and uh, uh, an assistant came in and she said, "Oh, you, doctor, you have a call from Raw." I was like, "What? Well, I'm right here. What What is she talking about?" Uh, and then uh, we had we laughed about it. And then he went, uh, attended the call, and came back. And that's when he told the news to us that it's cancerous. It just, it takes time to process, the first time when you get diagnosed with cancer. And I still remember crying or um, in, in our cars when we went home that day, me and my husband.
0: Yeah, because some, some people who get cancer yeah. because they don't know so much about it. They automatically assume it's a death sentence. And it's not always the case because yes
1: a lot yes of people can exactly pull through. so the thing is I think naivety helps to some extent there and uh, so I was not too naive I would say but I I knew it was bad I knew and my immediate thought process was death actually uh, death sentence but then since they said it was in my old kidney I felt like huh anyway it's in my old kidney which I is not useful anyway. I think if they remove that, it should be fine. Yeah. But then, uh, it was a complicated surgery. After all the surgery was done, the doctor said, yeah, maybe now you have to visit, uh, the surgeon, he said, you have to visit an oncologist. They were like, what? And he said, I think she might uh, ask you to do some chemotherapy and stuff. <laughs> and, oh, okay, is that the one where they lose their hair? Then yeah, that's how right. bad it was. Right, right. Uh, and, uh, so it took us a while to assimilate everything, and uh, and from that day, fear starts creeping in. You start living in fear, and uh, when I met the oncologists, and okay, there was a lot of things she uh, consulted with other doctors at Stanford, and finally they gave me a chemotherapy because I was young. They wanted to be very aggressive. Sure. Uh, but one thing personally for me, I realized. Early on, yeah, there is that fear. The fear is always there in the back of my mind. But at the same time, the only way to move on in in life is to literally move on and live for that day. So I was, uh, I forced myself, and I think over the years I am right now at a place where I'm peaceful about it, where I can talk about it. I can even, I mean, today. When I told you about the scenario at the doctor's office or whatever, Mm -hmm. there was a time when I would be crying all the time whenever I talk about it, right?
2: Right.
1: Now I am at a place where I'm able to handle it. I'm able to, because I have processed it over time. And of course, getting two more cancers kind of makes
0: you get used to it I guess. right i'm just kidding no um, i mean there probably is something to that but you also you learn a lot from from bad yes, things like you, you, do. you don't i mean when think, when everything goes your way that's how you kind of you start to lose reality and and what what is what and and when things bad things happen you really can learn from them and you really can figure out what kind of person you are and what's deep inside you
2: yeah,
0: yeah. you figure out yeah, like I how think... strong you are
1: true I think hardship teaches you uh, life lessons yeah. compared to someone who has not faced any hurdles in life. I think people like us who have faced hurdles, we do learn a lot of life lessons. And personally for me, I learned a lot just because of all that I have gone through. I'm a totally different person now compared to where I was when I was in my 20s. Um, I would say I have uh, learned what life is, about i have become maybe a little bit more spiritual and uh i just live for today and i know happiness is a path it is not my destination i it's all how i take it how i take my life and how i live with it and that has helped me
0: yeah i i i talk about this a lot more recently about good health days now you know this better than any because you know, you've had some really bad health mm-hmm. days, But I even attribute mm-hmm. it to me with, with vision. So I'm like I told you, I'm legally blind. I mm-hmm. can see some. Mm-hmm. But I you know, one eye is just colors and motions and one is is okay. I can see like I know what you look like. I can see things, but I can't drive and, and whatever. But I have certain days mm-hmm. where my eyes is very sensitive to light and it's much blurrier than than what it is today. Like this current day right mm-hmm. now. And mm-hmm. I I sometimes I will, when I'm in my fog, not just mentally, but in, in my visual fog, I will sit there and pray or think, and I'm just like, I just hope, I just want to have a good vision day. Give me a good vision day. And so then I get a good vision day, and for some reason, I'm still finding ways not to be happy. And so what I've tried to train myself now is, like, when I'm having good health days, not just visually, but any chronic pain or anything yeah. I'm having, I try to to be more assertive and, and try to get things done be more pr- productive and get dishes done and do things because I know when I'm having bad eye days, it also takes me down with my mental health and I know I'm not as productive. So I'm trying to appreciate all the good days I have because I know there is a chance that tomorrow may not be one. And um, and I'm sure yes. you've, you've been through that. I mean, You've had that. Oh yeah. Concept. Oh
1: yeah. And, and people cancer survivors, uh, I mean, there are people who live with cancer when the cancer is stable to some extent. I am, I am a survivor right now. I'm in remission. But for people like us, every time it's like that, right? Every day is a day. The way I look at it right now, any problem in my life, any problem, it could be the first question I always ask is, is it the matter of life and death? If it is not, I'm not worrying about it.
2: Yeah.
1: It should not affect me. So, so that yeah. that's what cancer has taught me, right? And so, as you said, a good health day. If you have, if today, you live for today, and today is good, be happy, just live it to the fullest extent possible. That, that, that's my motto right now. That's all I think about.
0: That's awesome.
1: And, and especially for cancer patients, we have something called, we call it scans anxiety over scans, because that's when you follow up. Uh, to see if there is any uh, cancer that has come back. Mm -hmm. And we. uh, so for me, it's been 18 years. So in 18 years, I've always lived my life in segments because initially they screen you every three months. Then they move it to every six months. Then after five years, they say, oh, now we can scan you every one year. But for me, after my first cancer, after seven years, I got the second one. So boom, I went back to every three months again. So every three months, and then within a couple of years, I got my third cancer in my liver. And every every one of them came with a huge complicated surgery. So when I, and then then I, did, I I had the liver uh, angiosarcoma, which is uh, one of the rarest of the rare cancers. It occurs in your blood vessels, so it's supposed to be very aggressive. Mm-hmm and then again you go back to three months right so whenever i plan anything in my life i have always planned only in months uh, i if i if you ask me uh, today i'm in a better place because uh, i can plan for eight months now so or, or rather i think two months are gone so maybe for the next six months i'll plan and i don't plan beyond that uh, I, I always wait for the scan to tell me everything is okay before I plan anything in my life yeah. um, it, it's it's a different way of living but as well going back to what you said for you it's a good vision day right yeah. so for you it's like that day is a good vision day mm-hmm. and you, you do what you have to do that day so you are looking for a good health day a good vision day every time
2: Right.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. It lifts my spirit up. It just makes me feel like I could smile a little better. It gives me more confidence. And I just, I know that, like, okay, today's going to be a good day. And it doesn't mean everything's going to be okay because I know anything can happen, Mm -hmm. but I know Mm -hmm. I'm only going to be able to plan for what I can plan for. And I'm just like, okay, this is what it is. Yeah. And, Again, I've had to go through a lot of and I think this would attribute to with with your cancer, the same thing. Whereas like I'm sure after the second one you probably were like, oh my God, again. But even after the third one, you probably felt the same way, but you were able to recover quicker. Mentally, I mean. Like you were able to kind of deal with Mm -hmm. it and go, okay, what did I do with the first time? What did I do the second time? Okay, I'm more prepared for this now. Do I want to go through this? No. Is this gonna suck? Yes. Am I gonna be sad about it? Yes. Is this gonna hurt? And so on and so on. Yes. But can I get through it? Yes, I've already done it, and that's how I look at. Like I know, like at my word. I'm not saying there's never a a chance where it could get worse than it's always been. Sure, there's always that. But what I'm seeing here and going on past history, I know I can get through this, and I'm going to. I just have to, you know, grab myself metaphorically and just shake myself and say, "All right, let's go. Let's let's, let's prepare yeah. for this. We're hey. going to get out of this."
1: Right. So the two things I personally fear used to fear most right uh, uh, one I think is fear of the unknown
2: mm-hmm. yep.
1: like when we, we don't know how it's going to be uh, and for the first time when you get diagnosed that's what it is. oh my God cancer you know it's like huge it's going is it going to be death I mean how long can I be alive and all those questions come in it's the fear of the unknown. The second is fear of suffering. So those are the two things that we have to be mentally prepared for. And fear of the unknown, you cannot be prepared for it. But the way I prepare for it is being my own advocate because I am the one who has to look after myself. Mm -hmm. So if, if, for example, when I got diagnosed with cancer, the moment I find out what type of cancer, uh, I go research, 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 find out, in fact. I actually found out why I got my kidney failure and uh, cancers. It was because of a particular treatment I took as a child, a herbal treatment that was banned in the US, by the way. I, I took that uh, for a different disorder, and later on I could connect all the, it's purely scientific, all scientific articles connecting all that. And I showed it to my doctor, and they found, like, oh, yeah, exactly. And because I was following the symptoms to a T. the the failure, the cancer. So that's what I do for the fear of the unknown is research, make myself understand exactly what I am dealing with so that I can view it a little bit logically and have my emotions not overpower me too much, right? So that there is some part of me, my logical brain that can assimilate it and maybe make a plan on what I have to do. Yeah. and the fear of suffering we all have I don't think we can get away with it so I still do uh, but then you have to grab what life throws at you and uh, there's no other way to live there is one way to live and that is try to be as positive as possible
0: yeah and also understanding like it's okay to have a setback or to have a bad day oh yeah and i don't yeah. and i don't even mean like obviously a setback you know a huge setback is having cancer again obviously but i mean like mentally going through it where you're just like you know mm-hmm. what i don't want to deal with this today today i want to cry today i want to punch a pillow today i just want to sit here in my own you know mental filth and i just want to cry or, or just want i just want i don't want to be productive i don't want to do anything but the good thing is is when you used to do that it would take a long time for you to get out of it but now you you just needed that day to kind of download all that it needed to download get it out of you, and and then all of a sudden you get out of it, the, you know, whatever, hours later, the next day, and you're ready for battle. You're ready to fight this off, um, but y- it's okay to have days where you yeah. just don't want to deal with it, because who wants to? Who the hell wants to deal with cancer? Like, no yeah. one does. Yeah. It's it's, it's yeah. t- And again, I don't know, but I know a lot of people who have gone through it, and it's rough and it's mental, mentally, physically, it's everything. And you have to be prepared for it. And sometimes you just have to get, you have to scream, you have to get some of this out of you because you have to make room for more fight. And, and, you know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to just be angry because it's upsetting. Um, I think sometimes, you know, especially as a guy, sometimes we look at it like it's weak or, you know, or or something's wrong with me. Like, why am I crying? I need, I'm, you know, I'm, t- I'm I'm wasting time just sitting here crying and and, and thinking and, and whatever. And it's like, no, you need these days. You need a day to yourself to just, you know, get it out and um, yeah, and deal with it because then you're you're gonna be stronger in the end.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're yeah, so right. Life is about ups and downs, and uh, there are always good days. There are always bad days, and I have been, I have had days where I've been very depressed. And it's easy to say be positive uh, because but there, in, in all that positivity, there is going to be days when we don't feel bad. And uh, it, it, it's okay. Uh, I would say just let it go through you, feel it, and then move on. Be done with it. Right? Uh, uh, there is no such thing as a rosy life and everybody has struggles in their life. Every single person, every single human in in this world so we don't have to feel lonely about it uh, because I think there are a lot I mean for for example when you said legally blind uh, and I spoke to you a while back I started I mean being empathetic right so I immediately started feeling oh wow how will it be uh, it, my, my brain is already crunching all the data and uh, I'm trying to see um uh, uh, how you might face every day because i know the problems i have and it and i think it is good that you have a channel where you can share problems and how people are facing with it because i think that's very important most often when we don't hear that we are in our own shell and it's very tough for us to come out and for cancer, for example, we do have support groups and the main reason for such support gr- groups to be helpful for us is just so that we have people who are with us in that journey together. You know, they understand when you say something
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I think pe- and people with uh, any type of us uh, who have gone through hurdles, who have gone through hardships in life are the ones who can actually understand what you are going through or what somebody like us who are going
2: through um
0: yeah, yeah for sure well i mean like what you were i mean i appreciate what you said and, and you know kind of piggybacking on what you said like you know to take when you go through those bad days like you learn so much from them and it makes you appreciate the good days that you are having mm-hmm. and hmm you know, and, and like I said, doing this podcast, like I understand how bad life can get. And I've, I've felt alone so many times and suicidal and, and you know, I wanted mm. to die and I didn't want to be around. And I felt I was I was just hanging on by a thread for really dumb reasons. And, you know, I shouldn't be here, but I am and I'm trying to make the best of it. And, and you know, same with your situation. Like I hear all you're going through. You're a very kind, sweet person. And it's it's rough to hear someone so nice just go through anything. Um, and then you just become empathetic, and and, you just, and again, if that's if you're a good person and you care enough, and then that's all it is for yep. me. Like I don't, I I wanted to dig deeper. I didn't want to just talk about visually impaired stuff or even disability stuff. Like I wanted to just find people who have gone through something, they're overcoming it, and, and and just try to help those people, those young versions of you and I who aren't you know in a place where we are, where we have been through a lot, and we're not in the beginning of it. We're we're not just trying to be content and try to just hang on you and I f- have seen the depths of hell, but also now I've seen the beauty in life and now we want to help others, but there's, there's a lot of people right now that are going through the beginning stages of, of whatever cancer of a of visually impairment of, of any other thing, homelessness, whatever it is. And they're trying to find a, like something to, to just grasp onto, to just live for. And, you know, it's it's very good to be this transparent and share our stories so that those people don't feel so alone.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, I used to hesitate sharing my story at all. Forget my story. I don't think anybody among my friends, except for very few close friends who were with me throughout all this. Mm -hmm. And since I have had so many over a long span of time, right, all the way from India till now. So there are some friends in India who have seen me through the transplant, but they have not seen what happened to me uh, during cancer. There are some who newer friends who have been here uh, during my uh, time of cancer, but who didn't know what happened before. And I never shared much with uh, people. I was a private person. I am an extrovert, but I was a very, very private person when it came to uh, talking about my disease talking about cancer or anything. I mean, I volunteer for a, a cancer foundation. We raise funds and uh, that I've been volunteering for 17 years. But I never spoke about myself on the stage, not even once. I, I am the MC. I, I, I'm always on the stage in all these events, but not even once. Just because I never wanted uh, to share. I somewhere thought nobody's going to understand what I'm going through why should I even talk about it Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but uh, somewhere it changed because when I talk to people because a lot of people come to me especially when cancer is everywhere nowadays so when they see someone diagnosed with cancer they immediately put me in touch with that person and uh, I I give them some suggestions, some advice on how to go through chemotherapy and you know just kind of giving them moral support and maybe some uh, real life support as well, talking about doctors and such. Like, in fact, even a couple of days back, uh, there was another uh, lady uh, uh, in the East Coast. So she went through a surgery uh, for a cancer sim- similar to my first one. And she called me and I spoke to her a few days back. And her daughter texted yesterday. She said, You don't know how much you have helped my mom. The fact that she spoke to you has helped her immensely and she's recovering well. And that's exactly the reason why I wrote even the book I was talking to you about earlier I call it my race against death just because I think for me personally it has been a race it's like who who do, do I find cancer first or does it come to find me first yeah. so it's like a race against <laughs> cancer that's what I call it I'm always like I'm one step ahead so far I've always found you yes. and um, I, I'm So I opened up just because so so many people were approaching. And uh, so I thought, okay, let me write down whatever I can, the lessons uh, I have learned. So even after I published the book, people were saying, oh, it's written very matter-of-factly. You're approaching it, like how to, uh, my, my lessons are like how to tackle uh, not just cancer, actually any disease. It's just more like uh, the t- subtitles or every single lesson as to like be your own advocate, be empathetic, listen to your body, and like how do you really work towards finding a solution for your disease? Um, Think like that. And uh, what I realized was maybe I should have covered more of the mental aspects as well.
0: Um,
1: sure. So, I think when I'm talking to you now, I'm thinking, huh, maybe I should I should have uh, written it a little bit more, uh, uh, thinking about uh, putting forth what exactly went through my mind all, uh, when I was going through that. I did put it a little bit, but uh, for me, it was more about helping others how to navigate uh, a disease like this, or any disease for that matter, so, uh, yeah, that's my my way of serving, my way of uh, helping uh, folks by speaking out loud and clear about what I went through.
0: Yeah, no, I mean you're doing great. I, it, it's so important because, yeah, I mean again, w- we've always gone through those stages though, where we, again, whether you're sh- shameful of it or, and and you don't feel as impactful, you don't think it it can do anything because you're you're still trying to figure it out in your own head like what is this and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're still embarrassed like oh I don't, you know cancer is just one of those words that when when you hear it it hits a certain way where you're like oh like, I don't want to tell people I have cancer and then you know you, you somewhere along the way you you start to like you start to share it with a few people and then like I started doing it on here when I started telling my story and started telling really personal things and the first time I had to kind of like take a couple of days because it like, it was like, oh, I was kind of reliving it. But then the next time I started talking about it with another guy, because you know, sometimes you end up, you know, you have similar conversations with other guests and you have to share some more things. And, and, and the second time it was like, oh, that didn't bug me. I didn't have to really think about it anymore. And now you can ask me anything and I'll say it because I'm very comfortable with it. I'm not, I don't feel embarrassed about any of these things because. Yeah, I'm confident, and and I know, like, look, it's, it's what happened to me. It's what I'm current. Some some of these things I'm currently going through, but again, I'm I'm consider myself a strong person, and and it's able and you know made me eligible to be able to do something like this to help people, and and it's all I ever wanted to do. Is because when people ask me what do you, what do you want to do in life, and I, I never really knew. I went to college for something I didn't care about, you know, journalism. I didn't really want to be a journalist. I hated writing, but I just did it because I wanted to do sports journalism because I like sports. But it was like I realized I hated that because I wanted to impact and help people. And there's there's times where I can help people in just daily life, just whatever, help an old person across the street or something. That makes me feel good. But doing something like this where I can talk to other people who have been through something horrific and are still standing. Like I think inner inner strength is like one of the most beautiful things. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like being able to talk to people like you who have just going through hor- horrific things and they're still going and still find ways to smile and still find ways to appreciate life. Um, it's something we don't value because we're so lost in, in negativity and, and just destruction and all these mass shootings and everything around us. And it's like, it's just terrible. That's all you see. And then, meanwhile, there are people like you that are doing great things, and it's like they're not highlighted. Like, why not mm-hmm. highlight them? Because you're you're a survivor. You're, you struggle, and you continue to struggle. You still have to. have and that,
1: them. That's the unfortunate thing. Is like we all live in bubbles, I guess. right? So, um, if, especially with the advent of social media and uh, the tech, the way we the way we are today in this world, everyone is in a bubble. Yeah, and uh, we have to get out of that bubble and listen more.
0: Well, I talk about my life as a bubble too, because I say, look, like my big thing is like purifying myself of any negative energy. I don't want to. don't want a Mm -hmm. dirty bubble. I want good Mm -hmm. energy in my life. I want good vibes. I want good people in my life. So I don't want a bubble that's all dirty because I don't. I don't need negative energy, man. I I've seen horrible things in my own personal life. I've been through horrible things, and it's like I don't want to dwell on that. I just. I know it sounds cheesy or whatever, but I just, I'm trying to find true happiness. I'm trying to find ways, even though I'm dealing with anxiety, even though I'm dealing with depression and, and being visually impaired and chronic pain and all these things, I'm still trying to find happiness and I don't need anyone else bringing me down because I have obvious things to be sad or angry about. So I don't need you to point them out or I don't need anyone to just point out other bad things because I'm trying to move forward and anybody who's dragging me backwards... I'm done. I don't need to deal with it. I just need good people in my life and and that's kind of where I'm at. So yeah, the bubble analogy is great because you know we are all in a kind of a bubble and we, sometimes we only mm-hmm. see what is of f- floating around in it and, and you know we have to you know
1: and more. I think when you face the hardships in life, uh, whatever it could be, uh, everybody finally lands at this stage where uh, as you said right now, I don't want any negative energy, right? If I'm living life, I want only positive energy. I, I'm. Uh, I have been a strong person before, and of course, things have uh, changed over time. And then I there has been ups and downs. But one thing I'm very clear about that is exactly what you said. If if I find anybody negative, I say, okay, no, nope, not working. Move on. I'm not going to be doing. I'm not going to have any interaction with these type of people. Right. I'm very clear about that
0: in my head. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, how how long have you been cancer free so far? So, uh, my
1: latest cancer was 2014. Oh wow! Um, so my so the thing is, uh, my first cancer was in 2005, when I was 30 years old. The second one was when I was 37 years old, and uh, and then 39. Uh, but then, at the age of uh, forty, I actually got a huge scare. I, in fact, went through a massive surgery at that time. But then it turned out to be some just some atypical cells, and turned out to be not cancerous, luckily. But still, the surgery I did go through again at uh, at forty. So, so, I would say after that was in twenty. Um, uh, it uh, literally Christmas 2015. <laughs> interestingly, uh, so uh, yeah, from 2016 till now, I have been
2: in remission.
0: That's awesome! Congratulations! That's yeah. really great. Thank you! Thank you. Hopefully, it stays that way. Yeah, that's. <clears throat> and so, how often do you get checked a year? Or is it just like oh, right
1: later? now, uh, right now it's like somewhere around seven to eight months.
0: What's your, what's your like mindset going into those appointments?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> As I told you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're one year away from your cancer. It doesn't matter if you're going through cancer. It doesn't matter where you are. The fear never goes away during that time. You're very anxious. Uh, till now, um, every single time when I go for these scans, I, it, it's like a lot of anxiety, and you know, interestingly, so I go through MRI scans. Okay, so MRI usually they put you in a tube, right. and uh, it, it's a bit claustrophobic. And I, uh, for my scans, I'm in the tube for one hour at least, at least one hour. Usually, it's a little bit more.
0: Is that like the, the big uh, donut shaped thing? Yes, like so the circular. CT scan
1: is also a bit donut shaped, but uh, it has more air to it, whereas the MRI is. Literally, a small tube. You just get go into that. Your whole body goes into that. Gotcha, so okay. it's very claustrophobic. Yeah. And uh, I have been having MRI scans from the age of thirty, obviously, right? So from so my first cancer, I do that all the time. And I uh, I have been okay. I found initially a bit, I was panicking a bit, but then I got over it. I got used to it. But then last in the last couple of years, I think last year, suddenly, I started panicking a lot, a lot of anxiety just getting to that tube. Uh, I think over time, it gets to you. And uh, so there is a lot of anxiety. And uh, this year, when I went for my checkup a couple of months back, I went there. The moment he put me in the tube, I started shouting, take me out, take me out. <laughs> it kicked me off. And again, happened a couple of times. And then I just walked out that day. I said, I cannot do it. I walked out. It was an incomplete scan. And after that, my doctor actually has is given me anti-anxiety medication just for getting into the tube, just like one hour before that I take it. And then I was a little better. Um, and then I was able to finish my mind. So it's interesting how it has shaped up. It could be just my age. Well, As moms usually tell, I told my mom, said, I think it's because you're getting old. Oh, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it, but whatever it is, as I said, like regardless of how far you are in your survivorship, it doesn't matter. Every scan, there is tons of anxiety. It's just that when you get anxious may, may vary. For me, right now, I think if I am doing at an interval of 60 months, The last two months, I start thinking about it. Uh, Just before the scan, the last two two months, Mm. it's constantly in my brain. I'll be fine. I'll be doing everything in my life. I'll be happily going around. But it's constantly there at the back of your mind saying, oh, oh, I hope, uh, like your fingers are always crossed. I hope it's okay. What will I do if it is not? You know, things like that. Yeah. So that anxiety is there. And now I have this additional anxiety for some reason. Now it has caught up to me. So, yeah, that's, uh, I think, if you ask any cancer patient, um, I, there would be some exceptions, maybe, but if you ask anybody, this will be there. And there is a term for that. That's called scan we call it. And uh, it's going to be there.
0: Um, it doesn't matter uh, how far you are. Yeah. And that's, that's like kind of the thing with with people who are very strong. I think sometimes we feel like we have to be strong all the time. And we don't even Mm -hmm. like the people to see us in our like weaker states. But we we can it's okay. And and we have we like, no matter how used to we are to something, we're still affected by it. Like it's just, you know, like like I told you with my vision days, there's when I have bad vision days, you would think I'd be used to it by now. But it always throws me for a loop and yeah, it makes my anxiety go up or my depression go up and it's frustrating, but you know, you deal with it. You're more equipped to deal with it now because you're, you're older, you're more mature and and you're just, you you know, you're, you know, under more understanding of what you're going through. Uh, You're you're Mm -hmm. full of knowledge when you're young and you're going through it. Like again, like you said, you think you're invincible and you also have less information, less life experience So it's, you're not as equipped to battle whatever it is that's coming your way. And, but yeah, even, even in, you know, you're getting older, you're, you're, you have done, you've battled cancer for, for a few decades now and, and it doesn't matter. You you, you still have, you get in those tubes and all of a sudden, or even just, you know, months previous, like you're just freaking out because you don't want to have to deal with this again. But yeah, you'll you'll deal with it like you've always dealt with it again. And, you know, and of course, with something like cancer, you you also feel like partially you may be on borrowed time or, you know, one of these days is going to catch up to you. Like you said, you're in a race. Yeah. And yeah, you you know, and, and that but that's the thing, like I said, with the good days, sometimes we we don't look at like, you know, you said 2014, that's nine years. You don't look at nine years clean. Sometimes we're so focused on. Well, yeah, it's been nine years, but, you know, there won't be a tenth or whatever. We always try to find a way to spin it in a negative direction. And that's instead of just going, holy shit, like I'm nine years, so, I'm, you know, not sober, but I'm nine years cured of cancer for now. And, you know, look at all the time that I've had to impact and help people. And, you know, let's just hope and you made it through another year. So you're good for this year. Now let's go mm-hmm. on to 24 and, and, and hope to God mm-hmm. that you're... You're still clean for another year, and, and you can continue to keep fighting and make a difference.
2: Yeah,
0: yep. But um, yep. yeah, I'm uh, kind of getting down to the end here. Um, I want you to I want you to promote your book again.
1: Yeah. Uh. So yeah, my book I I released it just a couple of months back. It is uh called My Race Against Death. And uh, basically all the lessons I have learned in my cancer journey, I've shared it as a story, my whole journey. But every chapter, there is a lesson that I have uh, in that chapter. There is one chapter where I dedicate to saying how you should not talk to a cancer patient, uh, what how to even talk to them. And I think it holds good for almost everything when you really think about it. Um, but there is one key takeaway in my book. I have it in the cover of my book. It says, "I am not my disease." Yeah. So, and I think again, that's holds good for any disease, any disability, whatever uh, we are, uh, we have. Don't let the disease define who you are, and uh, don't let it dominate you. It it it, it may, could be one part of you. Yeah, it is there in this corner, but let that not define your life. So I think we should all live life uh, to the fullest extent possible despite whatever that disease is. So that, that's my key takeaway from my book is like I'm not my disease. So yeah. the book name is My Race Against Death.
0: it's nah, a great title. <clears throat> I think a lot of things that come from people who go through struggles, we end up having like dark sense of humors and there's just certain titles mm-hmm. like you know with my blurred opinion and I'm making fun of my vision but it was something mm-hmm. I didn't really think too much about it just kind of popped out of my head and it just works it, it it's a play on words but it's also literal yeah it's many mm-hmm. different things and but it, it it you know there's there's some kind of sadness to it because you know your death against you know your, your race against death mm-hmm. like there there is that obvious you know elephant in the room that this could kill you. And, you know, you're, you're kind of jokey, jokey about it, but you're also, it's kind of serious at the same time and, but it's perfect. And, um, it's kind of, like I said, that's, there's if you really kind of pay attention to people, like as you realize there's some sadness, there's some joke, you know, there's some, some comedy to it, but it's all in
1: there. uh, uh, Laughter is the best medicine after all. (laughs)
0: For sure. Yeah. Because in general we're laughing and yet we both are going through real things and yeah, but that's again that's the beauty cuz some mm-hmm. people would look at our story from the outside and go wow you guys you guys can laugh it's like yeah because there's things that we're happy to be alive for both of us nearly you know like i nearly died and you you've come close with you know you've been on the verge of just not knowing your outcome and um you know like i said we're mm-hmm. we're still standing so it's like we have to find ways to smile cuz if we just sit around and and you know frown all day long we're never going to appreciate anything and we're just gonna be ungrateful and unhappy and um and never really get to see you know what's going on and, and be able to enjoy life so um yeah it's ty- yeah it's tiresome just being angry it's tiresome being sad and, and stressed out It just
1: and and you know what uh tiresome is one thing in fact in fact then somebody gets, like when I see somebody who needs anger management, for example, somebody is very angry, I see, yeah. so you are the person who is getting affected again, right? Yeah. So if we are angry, if we are impressed, again, it's us who are getting affected by all those emotions, like, so I think it's better to um, not go through that because at the end of the day, nobody else is affected around you. It's again you who is affected, right?
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But when, when, mm-hmm. when you are doing what you're doing, like if, if you are angry all the time and like you being married and everything like that affects your relationship, that affects your friends, that affects your pets, that affects your children. That is true. That's true. That's true. Yes. Yeah. So that's I mean, and, and you don't, and that that's kind of, if, if there's any kind of deterrent from you, anything that can kind of change your mindset on what you are doing to yourself is others that you care about. Mm. Sometimes we don't care about what we do to ourselves. We don't care that we're stressed out. We don't care that we're, you know, anxiety written, we just kind of go, Oh, whatever. That's just me. I can take that. Like how much I've already endured. Who cares? I can just do more to myself. Cause it's, you know, it's kind of like an alcoholic or whatever. Like you can just keep drinking, who cares? But if you die, you know, your kids are around. So like in, in the same token for you, like you can sit there and hate yourself or be sad all the time, but you have someone who's laying next to you and wants to see you happy and enjoys the real you. They don't want to see you unhappy, and you being unhappy makes them unhappy, and because you love them, like I said, it's one thing if you were alone, then yeah, sure, maybe it's more tolerable, but because you're affecting others around you, that is a problem, and maybe that is kind of the sobering aspect of it, where you just, you realize that I'm I'm screwing up other people, I need to get with it, and realize that I am better than what I'm giving myself credit for, and it's time to stand up and, and fight again, even if I don't really want to. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. I um. I hope we can stay in touch because I really want to know how your health is and uh, any way I can support sure. you. Sure. Well, thank you
1: for having me.
0: Yeah, I think you're an awesome person. I think you're very strong, and I'm, I'm so grateful that you've been able to push through. And I'm I am rooting for you to hopefully stay cancer free. And um, like I said, you ever need anything, please. Thank you. Please. And
1: I am rooting for you to have all good recent days. <laughs>
0: I appreciate that very much. And so if you ever need a friend or someone to talk to or anything, please just text me. I'll, I'll answer. Um Sure. And uh yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I'm very happy for mm-hmm. you to come on. And um yeah, I guess we'll we'll end it here. Yeah. Okay. No, no, go ahead. You wanna say something?
1: No, no, no. I'm just asking are we done? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're done. Yeah. Okay.